Hello, and welcome to the For We Are Many podcast. My name is Rob, and I will be your host this evening and your comrade always. Today, we're going to be talking about Frida Kahlo. Um, she is an, a Mexican artist. Um, a lot of people learned about her in art class, for that matter. But um, I think it's important to point out that she was a whole lot more than just an artist. Uh, she was also a feminist and a Marxist and a member of the Communist Party. Give me just a second to finish sharing to groups. All right, so I'm gonna start, um, I guess by plugging the podcast. Uh, the For We Are Many podcast is an independent left-wing media organization. Um, essentially our, our big goal is to build class consciousness and um, education. Um, left-wing coverage of current events, so on and so forth. If you like what we're doing, you can either message our Facebook page or send us an email at forwearemanypodcast at gmail.com um, and let us know how you'd like to help. We're more than happy to take you on and um, get you involved. Uh, if you want to support us materially, the best option is patreon.com slash forwearemany. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We have two groups on Facebook, the Education and Discussion Group and the Mutual Aid Organizing Group. And uh, we have finally gotten our website, www.forwearemany.org, back up to date. So the good news is um, that we will be putting out more written articles, um, more analysis pieces, um, and we are finally posting all of our podcast episodes to the website so you know better late than never but we're getting there um so i'm gonna start though with uh liberationnews.org that's the publication of the party of socialism and liberation um for um in, in memory of her two years ago they posted this article and i figured it was a, a really good starting point um, revolutionary artist and socialist Frida Kahlo was born on July 6, 1907 in Mexico City, Mexico. Um, so I want to point out that originally we wanted to do this piece on her birthday, um, but instead we chose the anniversary of her death. Um, so we would have the time to do the research properly for it. In today's pop culture, Frida Kahlo is everywhere. From Barbie dolls banned in Mexico to a new Frida Kahlo cosmetics box set, her likeness is used to market and sell everything. Corporate sanitization distorts Frida, but it is nevertheless a distortion based in a genuine global popularity and appreciation of not only Frida the artist, but Frida the political radical, the trailblazer, trailblazer sorry, and unapologetic partisan of the world's working and oppressed peoples. 
Her international appeal is rooted in her identification with revolution and resistance. Similar to another heavily marketed Latin American communist revolutionary, Ernesto Che Guevara, uh, corporate marketing departments and liberal movement scenes alike seem to want Frida's image, but not her politics. The substance of Frida Kahlo's life of communist political activity can be even harder to excavate than Che's in many ways due to the fact that Frida's life and politics is still only triangulated in relation to the life and politics of the men in her life, ironic for someone revered as a feminist icon. In honor of Frida Kahlo's, well, they said birthday, but in honor of Frida Kahlo's death, in, in honor of Frida Kahlo's life on the anniversary of her death, is a better way to word that, um, here are five things you should know about this revolutionary political icon. Before art, Frida was a gifted student and campus radical. In 1922, a 14-year-old Frida was one of the first girls admitted to the prestigious Escuela National Preparatory School in Mexico City, an elite high school. Of 2,000 enrolled students, Frida was only one of 35 young women admitted, a testament to her talent. Uh, she studied biology with hopes of becoming a doctor and became trilingual in Spanish, English, and German. While attending the Escuela National Prep School, Frida became a member of Las, Las Cachuchas, a campus-based radical group named after the style of caps they wore in rebellion against the dress code of the period. The group voraciously read Lenin, Marx, Hegel, Kant, Russian literature, and Mexican fiction. Frida, who considered herself a daughter of the revolution, the Mexican Revolution happening from 1910 to 1920, had profound and heated debates with her peers who came from the most elite families in the country. Las Cuchachas were known for playing pranks on conservative teachers. Number two, Frida was a socialist organizer and active member of the Mexican Communist Party. Frida was a lifelong socialist and Marxist-Leninist. By the age of, eight, uh, of 16, she had joined the youth group of the Mexican Communist Party, or PCM. Uh, in 1928, in her early 20s, Frida joined the PCM even though it had become outlawed uh, from 1925 to 1935. Frida was an active organizer in the party. She wrote and gave speeches, attended meetings, and led union rallies. After being expelled in 1929 for politically supporting the left opposition within the Soviet Communist Party, <coughs> Frida would rejoin the PCM in 1948. She campaigned for peace against the U.S.-initiated Cold War, which had begun with the nuclear incineration of Japanese civilians. The dropping of the atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki were unfor unforgivable war crimes, if we really boil it down. And aimed at opposing the Soviet Union, uh, the worldwide communist movement, and all colonized people struggling for independence. As a member of the party, Frida collected signatures for the Stockholm Appeal, a 1950 peace initiative anchored by the Soviet Union promoting nuclear disarmament and opposing the first strike nuclear diplomacy of the United States. Some 273 million signatures were gathered worldwide. Um, even when diminishing health prevented Frida from full party participation, she remained devoted. She was lauded for her diligence in paying party dues on time and for her seriousness when it came to self-study. Frida contributed substantial financial resources to the party in certain areas, such as the communist youth. During her last years, Frida wrote in her diary, uh, 
Quote, I must struggle with all my strength to contribute the few positive things my health allows to the revolution, the only real reason to live. Um, Frida's class, this is number three, Frida's class politics sharpened after living in San Francisco, Detroit, and New York City during the Great Depression. From 1930 to 33, Frida lived in the United States, the United States, which she uh, dubbed Gringolandia. The experiments, uh, experience, why can I not talk today, was transformative. Frida was living in the United States at the height of the Great Depression and Jim Crow apartheid. While living in Detroit between 1931 and 32, Frida became indignant by the city's widespread poverty, hunger, and blatant racism, which she characterized as absolutely medieval. In a letter home during this time, Frida summarized what she saw. Quote, High society here turns me off and I feel a bit of rage against all these rich guys here since I've seen thousands of people in the most terrible misery without anything to eat and with no place to sleep. That is what is most, uh, that is what most impressed me here. It is terrifying to see the rich having parties day and night while the thousands and thousands of people are dying of hunger. By 1933, Frida and her husband, Diego Rivera, were in New York City. In another letter, letter home, she wrote about Fifth Avenue, where the filthy rich reside. Quote, there is so much misery at the same time that it seems incredible that people can endure such class differences and accept such form of life, since thousands and thousands of people are starving of hunger, while on the other hand, millionaires throw away millions on stupidities. In 1931, while living in San Francisco, Frida spurned racist, anti-Asian, and white supremacist social convention, spending her free time in Chinatown, where most of the San Francisco Chinese community lived, and long before Chinatown became a popular tourist attraction. A few months before Frida arrived, a former San Francisco mayor and California representative in the U.S. Senate, James Duval Fallon, died. In his re-election campaign for U.S. Senate, Fallon's slogan was, Keep California White, and he spoke of saving California from, quote, Oriental aggression. In 2018, Fallon Avenue was appropriately renamed Frida Kahlo Way. Good. Um, I'm just going to check the comments if you have any anything to add to what I'm saying or you just want to say hi or say what you think about it, feel free to. Hi, Emily. Um, and number five. This is not number five, this is number four. I thought the last one was, ha. Number four, Frida raised money for anti-fascists during the Spanish Civil War and aided refugees. The Spanish Civil War lasted from 1936 to 39, has often been referred to as the dress rehearsal for World War II because it pitted European fascism on one side against the Republican camp, uh, which included communists and socialists, representing the interests of workers and peasants on the other. Frida played a role in fighting for the rights of Spanish Republican refugees seeking asylum in Mexico. In 1936, Frida, along with other socialist organizers, founded a solidarity committee that fundraised money for the Spanish Republicans fighting against fascism. Incredible praxis, Frida. In this committee, Frida was responsible for helping refugees find places to stay and ensuring that they were able to secure employment. Um. And then number five, Frida demonstrated against the 1954 U.S. overthrow of Guatemala's democratically elected government. 
11 days before her death, Frida Kahlo participated in a wheelchair and strictly against her doctor's orders in a July 2nd protest against the United States intervention in Guatemala. Over 10,000 people in Mexico took to the streets to denounce the CIA-led coup of Guatemala's democratically elected president, uh, Jacobo Arbenz. I probably butchered that, I'm sorry. Whom the United States had decided was a communist and therefore must go. The centerpiece of Arbenz's program was land reform that distributed uncultivated land to landless farmers. This, as well as his, his unwelcome attitude toward multinational corporations, the expansion of social and labor rights, and his, quote, tolerance of communists, made him a marked man. The United States installed a new government headed by General Castillo Armas, who celebrated by torturing and killing thousands of suspected communists and overseeing decades of bloody repression. These events would radicalize a... Um, Sorry. <laughs> These events would radicalize a young doctor from Argentina, uh, Ernesto Guevara, who was in Guatemala at the time of the CIA coup. Frida Kahlo died on July 13th, 1954. Hundreds escorted her coffin draped with the flag of the Mexican Communist Party to the ceremony. Just weeks later, Ernesto Guevara would arrive in Mexico City, the birthplace of Frida Kahlo, where he would eventually meet Raul and Fidel Castro and go on to help lead this hemisphere's first successful socialist revolution, which by no coincidence is directly under attack today. But that's not what this piece is about, so I'll leave that alone. Those are five things that prior to reading that article, I didn't know. Um, or at least I didn't know any context behind. So hopefully I've already shared something with you, but we're gonna talk a little more uh, in depth. In depth. Welcome, Kenton. I see you're uh, new to the page, as your comment says that. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was awkward. No, for real though, welcome to the page. Um, please feel free to join the group or participate in the comments, which you're already doing. Um, did you know about Frida Kahlo, or do you know at length about Frida Kahlo? Just out of curiosity? I do not. Um, I do know that while Frida Kahlo was trying to serve the party and benefit the revolution, by introducing a political view into her artwork during the last few years of her life, the painting titled Marxism Will Give Health to the Sick, um, is one of those paintings where Frida embraces the utopian belief that she and all other peoples in this world can be freed from pain and suffering and saved by the political convictions. In this painting, she was wearing her leather corset and stand against the divided background, which was half of that representing the peace and good things, and the other is threatened with evil and destruction. Sounds like you're getting somebody out of there. She is being cured by two huge, two huge hands, which are symbols of Marxism. In her own hand, she was holding a red book of Marxism and got rid of her crutches. She later commented on this painting, quote, for the first time, I am not crying anymore. This painting was one of her last portraits and never actually got finished. Um, the original title of this painting was much longer, uh, was 
Quote, peace on earth so the Marxist science may save the sick and those oppressed by criminal Yankee capitalism. I think it's a very fitting um, piece, our title, but the official title was Marxism will give health to the sick. Um, Hang on just one second. I didn't realize until just now that I didn't um, put the image in a thing to share. But here we go. Sorry about that. This is the image, Marxism will give health to the sick. As you see, Karl Marx is in it, so is a Yankee capitalist. Um, if you look closely at that globe, North America is on fire. Anyway, um, there's a lot to take out of this um, picture, some of which were already mentioned by the Frida Kahlo Institute. Yeah. No, it's Frida. I, I lied. It's FridaKalo.org. Not affiliated with the Frida Kahlo Institute, which is a much liberalized um, organization solely focused around her non political art. I don't even think that this is in that collection now that I bring it up. But uh, yeah. Some beautiful imagery here, and this was shortly before her death. It wasn't technically finished, I guess. All right, so. Next, um, I'm going to read from Daily Art Magazine. The title of the article is Marxist, Nationalist, Feminist, The Art and Politics of Frida Kahlo. Marxist, nationalist, feminist. These are words that describe not only the political convictions, but also the artwork of Frida Kahlo. But see, that's how I felt about Marxist, artist, feminist, but slight different choice of wording, I guess. Um, I, I don't know that I can pronounce her original name, but <laughs> although born as Magdalena, Carmen, Frida Kahlo, and Calderon. Outside of Mexico City in 1907, Kahlo eventually shortened her name and frequently told people that she was born in 1910, the year that widespread political unrest finally culminated in the outbreak of the Mexican Revolution. After nine and a half years of conflict, the revolution resulted in a dramatic shift in Mexican politics and culture. The ousting of the ruling elite paved the way for a new constitution which in turn resulted in radical land reform, equal pay laws for women, which we still don't have on the books in the United States, if I'm not mistaken, uh, at least not adequate ones, and the introduction of socialist currents to the country's political landscape. Growing up in the fervor of the revolution, Kahlo was deeply inspired by the resurgence of national pride and the spread of progressive ideas that followed. Her work, Moses, um, I should 
find that one. Wow, that's a beautiful painting. Give me just one second again. to show you the painting Moses. <clears throat> Her work Moses, painted as a reaction to Sigmund Freud's book, Moses, is, Moses and Monotheism, exemplifies many of these social and political attitudes. Namely, the central focus of the mural is the symbolization of the female reproductive organs, along with the sun and the rain, as universal givers of life. The top left corner up here is dedicated to Mexico's indigenous Aztec culture, which is placed on an even level with representations of ancient Egyptian civilizations, as well as the Greek, Hebrew, and Christian religions of classical antiquity. Below the level of the gods is uh, that of the people whom Kalo, Kalo considered considered to be great historical figures, Stalin, Lenin, Marx, Gandhi, and Christ, amongst others. It is interesting to note the ironic inclusion of Hitler, whom the artist referred to as the, quote, lost child within this group. Uh, finally, the bottom level depicts a tumultuous representation of the masses as a symbol of human and societal evolution. Apart from the Mexican Revolution, perhaps the greatest source of inspiration in Kalo's life was her lifelong partner, Diego Rivera. The two artists married in 1929 and moved to the United States the following year. While her husband was busy painting a number of commissioned works, Kalo grew increasingly homesick and unhappy over the course of their three-year stay. On a more political level, this period made her quite critical of the United States, which she viewed as the embodiment of exploitative industrialization and capitalism. Hey man, I get that. Living in the United States has radicalized me too, I'm just saying. Um, I got another picture to show you here. Um... This one's titled her self-portrait on the border borderline between Mexico and the United States illustrates a clear dichotomy between the two countries. The Mexican side is represented by colorful images of nature, history, and cultural heritage, whereas a landscape of dull gray factories and pollution is used to represent the United States. That's pretty accurate, isn't it? While the flag in Kalo's left hand makes it clear where the artist's loyalties lie, um, it is important to note the electricity generator that supplies power to the pedestal that reads Carmen Rivera painted her portrait in the year of 1932. Equally important is the fact that the same generator is parasitically attached to the roots of the plants on the other side of the border in allusion to the exploitative nat nature of the United States relationship with its southern neighbors. All right, well, that's that's fair. 
All right, I got another one coming your way. Um, although one of Rivera's commissions was to paint Man at the Crossroads, a mural in praise of industrial advancement for the Rockefeller Center, Kalo expressed her views on the topic in a much different way. My dress hangs there, the name of the art, uh, of the piece of art, takes the form of a disorderly collage of commercial advertisements, celebrity culture, and social unrest against the backdrop of a concrete jungle where modern skyscrapers mix with kitsch Greek structures and a medieval church. In effect, it appears that the only authentic item in this chaotic scene is the artist's traditional Tejuana dress, the focal point of the work. Um, despite being a high-ranking uh, member of the Mexican Communist Party for several years before his tour of the United States, an ideological dispute with other members of the Central Committee ultimately led to Rivera's expulsion in 1929. In solidarity with her husband, uh, Kalo also left the pro-Stalinist party. I hate that fucking phrase. Stalinism isn't really an ideology. But anyway... <clears throat> And the couple's political sympathies began to shift in support of the exiled Leon Trotsky over the next several years. In 1937, they managed to persuade the leftist government of President Lazaro Cardenas, I'm sorry if I butchered that too, to grant Trotsky and his wife Natalia Sedova asylum in Mexico and invited the couple to stay with them at La Casa Azul, Frida Kahlo's family home. Nonetheless, Rivera's discovery that Trotsky and Kalo were having an affair, one of the many infidelities that marked the couple's troubled marriage, forced Trotsky to seek ref refuge elsewhere. Um, I got another piece of art pertaining to uh, Leon Trotsky. Um, Frida Kahlo gave this uh, self-portrait to Leon Trotsky for his 58th birthday. Upon moving out of Casa Azul at the request of his wife, Trotsky left behind the portrait. In the painting, Kalo presents herself in a stately and seductive manner, holding a paper that reads to Leon Trotsky with all my love, I dedicate uh, this painting on the 7th of November, 1937. Frida Kalo in San Angel, Mexico. The Russian couple eventually managed to find a, res a residence not far from Casa Azul, but in May 1940, a failed attempt on Trotsky's life was carried out by the Soviet agent Iosif Grigulevich and the muralist uh, David Alfaro Siqueiros, who remained loyal to the Mexican Communist Party after Rivera's departure. Nonetheless, the second attempt, this time executed by the Spanish agent Ramon Mersader, in August of the same year, was successful. Leon Trotsky died in Mexico City on August 21st, 1940. Despite the death of Trotsky and the ever-widening schism in the international communist movement, Kahlo remained dedicated to her revolutionary ideas for the rest of her life. In a way, Trotsky's death demonstrated that Stalin was, in fact, the leader of the communist world, a reality that Kahlo and Rivero Rivera, sorry, had to accept in spite of their departure from the party. And uh, here's a piece of art pertaining to this. 
Following Stalin's death in March 1953, Kahlo began to work on a painting in his honor. Her self-portrait with the great leader elevates Stalin to a position of almost religious importance, a status he held throughout his 30-year rule in the Soviet Union. Nonetheless, despite her reverence, Kahlo was able, unable to paint the portrait with the precision and clarity of her previous works as severe pain from a bus accident in her youth and a lifetime of other health problems required her to take increasingly stronger medications that affected her artistic technique. Um, and then we will come back to uh, Marxism will give health to the sick. In her final days, I did that wrong, hold on. Let me fix that. There we go. <laughs> In her final days, <clears throat> Kalo painted her last political work. Marxism will give health to the sick. Suffering from constant pain, declining health, and the impediments of heavy medications, Kalo depicts Marx as a godlike being who is about to take her to heaven, while at the same time punish the unjust forces of capitalism and imperialism. Knowing that she is about to die, Kalo strips, to her or strips her top to reveal the leather corset that had been supporting her broken back since the bus accident and drops her crutches to grasp not a Bible, but a little red book, the Communist Manifesto. Frida Kahlo died on the 13th of July, 1954, uh, in Mexico City. The following day, a public procession accompanied her body draped in a flag featuring the hammer and sickle. From the Palacio de, Be de Bellas Artes to the Panteon Civil de Dolores, I probably butchered that and I'm sorry, where she was cremated. Indeed, her last wish was to be remembered as the stern and unshakable revolutionary whom Diego Rivera had painted at the center of the arsenal a year before they got married, distributing arms to her countrymen in preparation for the next Mexican Revolution. Excellent. Um, but yeah, I uh, that was the goal of the whole thing, was to tie her art into um, her politics and uh, talk a little bit about her life. That's really all I have for it. Um, I want to thank everybody for uh, joining us tonight um, and participating in the comments. If you like it, then by all means share it. We are really ramping up our production of historical pieces like this. Tomorrow we have part two. Well, really, it's part more than that, but <laughs> the evolution of Eugene Debs was the two-part miniseries. But we are wrapping up our series on Eugene Debs and the evolution of the socialist movement um after the pullman strike the the real birth and growth of it uh that is coming out tomorrow same time same place all of our channels five o'clock p.m um thursday we are doing part nine i believe of the black panther party uh i mean i'm sorry of the bobby seal book sees the time the story of the black panther party um just for reference, we'll be starting on page 146 of the header Eldridge is Free. 
Uh, let's see, Friday, we have the German Revolutions of 1848-49 being released. Um, and then we'll be taking the weekend off. Um, if anything, we might do an extra live piece at some point over the weekend, probably Sunday, uh, to do an update on the situation in Cuba. By the way, if you want to hear what we think or what we have noticed, about the situation in Cuba. Um, our current event stream from yesterday, July 12th, the Latin American spe special, primarily focused on Cuba, but also discussed the situations in Haiti and Colombia, and the vastly different response that the United States government has had um, pertaining to those countries and the unrest that's going on there. Um, next Tuesday, don't kill me if it doesn't happen next Tuesday. It might be the following Tuesday, but we will be starting another Revolutionary Left Book Club series um, on, I would argue, the long overdue Communist Manifesto. Um, if you want to be a part of that, or if you have some anarchist literature that you want to be a part of spreading and reading and learning, by all means, as I already said, send us an email for we are many podcast at gmail.com or message our Facebook page. Um, for to keep up to date, just as well as any of the social media platforms, uh, you can go to with a little less noise, I'd say, because we don't really ship posts on the on the website. But um, anyway, uh, if you want to keep up up to date on our website, that is for wearemany.org. Um, if you want to support us material, materially, wow, I really can't talk today. If you want to support us materially, I uh, go to patreon.com slash for we are many. Um, I'm just going to bring up onto your screen. All of our social media platforms and um, I hope to see you all again tomorrow and the next day and the next day if that's not too much to ask I know we've been very active lately we've been trying to really wrap up ramp up our production because we spent a lot of time doing research and we realized that we weren't moving forward at the pace that we wanted to be um, I also want to throw a shout out to my most common co-host lately, uh, Trisha. Um, she's been having serious migraine issues this week. So hopefully, um, you know, she will be back to full strength shortly. And that concludes our stream. Thank you for joining us.